like to finally meet someone your age who gets you. Love, it's not finding your perfect half. It's the trying and reaching and failing. No, you don't see her. Who she is. Who she could be. Hello and welcome to Our Slice on Film, a podcast talking about movies, new and old, some industry news, and incorporating some uh, some pizza debate in there some way, somehow. So uh, I am one of your hosts, Brian Deal, joined by... Michael Clinton. Hey, everyone. And today we are talking about The Half of It, a, a relatively new Netflix original uh, it is a teenage high school love triangle movie that we got going on this week. It's a movie that Michael was able to pick out for this week. And uh, I personally did not know what I was getting myself into before reading the bio of the movie and getting oh, into it. It was a lesbian love week. triangle and it sold yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, a lesbian love triangle. Yeah. So, uh, well, and I have some questions for you about that. Um, but let's just let's just go into some general thoughts, non-spoilers. So let's do intentional non-spoiler thoughts because this is a relatively new movie. Netflix mm-hmm. seems to be coming out with a lot of original stories all the time. So I think unlike Star Wars and the other movies that we've done, there might be a pretty wide audience that hasn't seen this movie yet. So what are some non-spoiler thoughts immediately after seeing this movie? Well, this is probably the first high school teenage drama that I've seen since I would say maybe Love, Simon came out, which is very coincidental that they both have gay characters in it. Um, And before that, like the top high school movies that I can think of, right? I'm thinking like Mean Girls. I watched Perks of Being a Wallflower very recently. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 16 Candles, all these kind of really old ones for me. Those are very notable. So this had a really nice new feel to it. Um, I'm interested in talking to current high schoolers actually to see if, this anywhere relates to their experience because the the phones in the classroom these kids are listening to their whatever they're texting during the class and they're bullying each other really terribly on social media like in real time uh it i felt a little disconnected because i didn't have a high school experience like that but overall as the love story goes this is just some really twisted twisted messed up stuff yeah yeah. Um, so I completely agree. The The thought that I had watching this is like, is this how high school is operating right now? Is this what's, is, is this what's going on in high school? Are teachers that cool now? I don't like that English teacher um, and how, and how real she was with Ellie. Um, the text, all the texting in class, the, the, the different apps that are being used I with one know. another. Yeah. <laughs> which I don't think is real. I've, I, no, I, it's I a tried on Venmo. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Just making sure. I thought it was like a, like a cryptic hush money. Like, oh my God, I said the same thing. Yeah, so I wasn't sure if it was actually real or not. Like, oh, this is how we send money privately. I, I wasn't sure, but you can't do that on Venmo. Anyways. And then they have um, ghost chat. Ghost chat, which I also don't think it's real. It's just Snapchat. Um, yeah, so, and then ghost messaging. Okay, so it's just, so that's just Snapchat. Or whatever just, it is, yeah. That's their equivalent to like hidden messages that disappear. It's got a cute little, no one uses Facebook in this movie. No, no. So that's also very real. So um, I constantly had to check myself and remind myself like, oh, like this is not when we were in high school. This is very different, which I kind of enjoy. It was very enlightening in that regard. And it also just reminded me like, I don't think I would like being a high schooler in these times. Um, so that was interesting. But as far as a love story, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed those three characters, the three, the three leads in this. I thought they were all good. They all had their moments. They were all unique. I thought um, the one male in this movie, I'm going to pull up his name here really quick. I thought he was Daniel just, Deemer. Daniel Deemer. I thought he was hilarious. I thought there was a certain authenticity he brought to that role. He came across so genuine, and I absolutely loved it. He plays like quote-unquote this jock which is not which totally i think goes against the stereo your stereotypical jock that you usually see he was hilarious does it go against your stereotypical jock though 
Well, one, I don't think he's like successful. That's it was like football does not rule that school by any means. Oh so my I think goodness. in that so that was so that was a hilarious like spin on that. And then he's like in his first so the premise is he hires Ellie Chu, who's super intelligent, um, to write. Yeah, she she writes she writes essays for all the and she charges people to write her to write them essays on a terrible. And I'm just gonna throw in her her um, payment right. If it's between one and three pages, it's ten dollars. If it's three to ten pages, it's fifteen. Yeah, she's losing resources on this, so she's a terrible businesswoman. Sorry, yeah, continue. It's, it's more money than she had before, but yeah, and then and then the English teacher knows about it, which is why I think is hilarious. Um, but anyways, so and then so he knows of that business, that side hustle she's running, and so he goes to her asking her to write love letters in his name to a crush that he has in the school, and. In the first letter that he drafts, trying to he gives her, hey, this is what I have so far. I want you to read it and change it for me. He he signs it as like Paul, second string tight end football, <laughs> and that killed me. He's so got like he's in there, be like enough about my dead grandma. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he, yes, yeah, so like that jock and he's not he's not the smartest guy in the world, but he's super sweet. He he's in his feelings. He's sensitive, which goes against that jock stereotype. And football just doesn't rule that school. LHU, I thought she was great. I thought she's she, very interesting character. Very interesting char- character. A lot of levels to her. And then the love interest, um, Aster I thought she Flores. Was, I thought she was great. I think the actress herself. I think there's absolutely no way I buy her being in high school. Actually, um, no. Um, but beside, but besides that, maybe a little bit of a miscast on that part. Besides that, I thought she was really, really good. And the the movie's got. A lot of religious tones to it, kind of. Not enough to really warrant conversation, but we're going to talk about it because that fact alone warrants a conversation. Yeah. So there was. So it became prevalent, especially towards the end of the movie. And there was one clear as day line from from uh, Paul Munsky, played by Daniel Deemer, that really like was the most jarring thing to me in the whole entire movie. Um, but we can talk about that a little later. But aside, yeah, so it, it tried balancing a bunch of different themes. It had a little bit of the religious. Um, you have this LGBTQ representation component with it. Um, you have what is this classic what is love caught into this high school world in small town California. California typically pretty liberal, but it's in this small town, rural California. So you have these conservative ideals thrown into it a little bit. And yeah, I, I, it worked for me. It was, it's better than a lot of high school love movies that I've seen. How many high school love movies have you seen? The ones that you mentioned, we just, and then I think about like those early thousands, late nineties ones. Um, like I know what you did last summer maybe have it. <laughs> um but then there's like that one with um she's like i think she's all that is that is that one or with like freddie prince Bynes? oh no no there's one with like freddie prince jr oh um, yeah i don't know um, i feel like maybe i didn't watch i wasn't yeah i was in middle school i guess i was watching yeah, like movies she, about being in middle school <laughs> i don't know yeah i mean there's a handful of them. Do you, you know, think like, this could go down as a classic? I know Netflix isn't in the, the the business of producing classics at this point in movies. Maybe they're television shows, yeah. But could this movie have classic high school movie potential? I think for a Netflix classic. Like, I think Netflix has been coming out. Like, I feel like if you see a movie now, and if you did not know if it was Netflix made or not, you might be able to tell which one's a Netflix movie. Like if you were just to give me 10 movies and I had to identify which five were Netflix, I feel pretty confident in that test that I think I yeah, do they've got well. some tones. They have a tone, they have a formula, they know what they're doing. I think this one will be in that upper echelon because they have a number of romantic comedies, high school movies. Um, I did watch one very recently that they had done where she's like in the snow or something, but that also wasn't great. It was like set mostly in a Waffle House. Yeah, so I think I liked it more than you did. General, gen, general thoughts. I enjoyed the actors in this movie. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the setting a lot. I enjoyed the the contrast of 
small and being in a small town, but also being in California and that kind of stuff. It looked very scenic. I enjoyed the story of, you know, her family history coming from China at a different age with her father and his job and just all these different elements into it and what it means to be growing up in a small town and the aspirations you have because of, because of it or lack thereof. And it, it tackled a lot. It tried to tackle a lot, but I think I, in the whole, I thought it did a really good job. I'm okay with maybe the, the setting. Yes. Okay. I, I didn't incredibly enjoy this movie. Um, it was a long hour 45 personally. <laughs> um, the setting is great. The themes are there, but the, these char- I just don't believe these characters. Like the main rich guy in town, Trig, who the love interest is dating at the time, is completely one-dimensional. Sometimes yeah, exactly. I, 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 there's two halves of this movie. Almost is the first half of the setup where we really rush through. No one's think it doesn't give me a chance to think twice about is what they're doing and tricking this pretty girl right or wrong. It doesn't give me a chance to have that conversation in my head. It just immediately goes, well, we're doing it anyway. And I'm stuck in the in behind saying, why are they doing this? They're catfishing this girl who clearly lives a rough life, right? You know, she really complains about being the pastor's daughter. And another throwaway line is she compares her dad to a Nazi, which was just really a stark kind of statement in that diner that they're at. She's like, oh, speaking of Nazis, uh, my dad is really doesn't really like people. It's just that it was so, I just it was so beyond the realm of what I see high schoolers. I mean, we work at a college, right? We see these freshmen come in. I don't hear them quoting like Sartre or however you say that. Whatever the quotes were in the middle of it, they don't talk about existentialism, and they don't teach it in a day to this guy who can't even speak well and which by the way all of that teaching went nowhere he didn't retain any of that really he just stuck yeah. with the taco sausage yeah I, I i agree i don't i don't come across too many high schoolers that are as intelligent as they are as well-spoken as they are as as literate as they are i guess um but again i'm cool with it though like i'm 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 here for it like I, it, it was able to take me into an environment that I haven't been in in a long time and introduce me to a variety of characters. Talk about Shrig. I, to me, he's that jock. He's really that jock character who's really full of himself, one dimensional, conceited, you know. Comic. And, he's so absurd yeah, he's, with it. He takes it. Either like his direction was terrible or he was just a bad actor, I think. Just no. that specific character just made me angry every time I, I saw I think, him. I think it's intentional. I think that was intentional. It's, it's like a satire. I think it's like, all right, we want you to be as flamboyant, as ridiculous as possible to really showcase how douchey you actually are. So I'm totally cool with that. And then this dichotomy of Paul being the jock, well, again, I, I put him in quotes because he's not your stereotypical jock. He has these really, he has these soft feelings and he's a feeler, you know, and he wants to he wants to convey love, but also not quite understanding what love is. And I thought that was really cool. And then yeah, and then you have this this priest's daughter, who, which you know we can talk about, is seems to be struggling with her sexuality and what that means. Is she though? Is she potentially? And that's that's the conversation I was having with Kimberly throughout. I'm like, which. So the love triangle. So spoiler. Let's go into spoilers now. Let's yeah, let's just spoilers. do it. Let's just do it. This so movie was the, terrible. No, the triangle <laughs> is going in a variety of directions. So at first it's Paul to Aster, the priest's daughter, and then and then it's Ellie to Aster as she continues to write and sees her letters back. She's like, "Ooh, astronaut, are you pretty? You're also super intelligent and on my level." But then, but then it seems like Aster uh, physically is attracted to Ellie at times, just in the look you, she gives her, how they interact. And then obviously that one scene in the, in the, in the Springs, like in the, oh, in yeah, the, creek, the local uh, watering hall. Now that kind of blew my mind. Now that's now that I had a hard time wrapping my mind around that and how that happened. So to me, it's not friendly. That's not platonic. That seems romantic. She put her clothes on. Who? She took Ellie's shirt off cause she was wearing two of them and she put it on. Yeah, because so they wanted that. I bet it's because they put her topless in that scene. Then they were like, you know, it'd be real cool. A shot of the two of them above floating in the water, but we can't show her boobs because this is Netflix. So you take her shirt and you put it on, even though you're straight, just try to get this girl naked in this 
hot spring. Well, no, Netflix, Netflix can show whatever they want. Netflix not to can, teenagers. Oh, well, yeah, duh, not teenagers. But no, but even when she was in her, in her undergarments, you know, her underwear, you don't, you still don't see that. They literally only show her from the shoulder up the entire time. She was time. wearing no shirt. I thought shirt. they did that. It was I thought they did that nudity. very, yeah, I thought they did that just fine. I thought the director did a really good job conveying, hey, this, they are stripping down. But they didn't. It was not like revealing or sexualized in any in any way at all. And then yeah, she's like. But, but you can also not believe that that is a platonic thing. No, like, and that's that's why I think that, exactly. So or it's is not it? Platonic. I don't know. I'm not a girl. We need a no, girl I, on this podcast to see if they're just all hanging out with their boobs so, in this. So my, <laughs> so my interpretation is that it wasn't platonic. That's what I'm saying. I think it leading up to that moment, she seduced her. You think you kind of see like maybe Astros into her. And then I'm like, at that point, yeah, definitely at that point, it seems like it's, it leans romantic. It leans romantic. And then, and then on the other side, you got Paul who's going to get, he's getting into Ellie and it's just this vicious triangle. Yeah. But you know, you say lean, it's leaning towards romantic, right? That's what you just said. I, that's borderline gay baiting at that point, right? And, and I know the, the beginning of the movie comes out and she's like, oh, I hate this line so much. In case you haven't guessed, this isn't a love story. At least not one where everyone gets what they want. Like, oh, I realized at the get-go yeah, that was yeah. so dumb. Yeah. And then at the end, it's, it's like, well, maybe she is gay and maybe she had feelings this whole time and she's repressing that sexual side, but we're not going to explore it because the story is really about Ellie and finding her voice. I don't know. What did she learn? She just applied to college. No, well, what, she, what did well, she learn well, out of this whole experience? I don't see it. So she became vulnerable. She she began to open up about her. Yeah. I'm going to stop you right there. How more yes. vulnerable can you get than people driving by on a pickup truck, make it funny your last name, and you just have to keep on biking? She doesn't care. Yeah, so she doesn't care. Not letting it affect her. She becomes vulnerable, speaking with Paul, playing that ping pong, and then she's like, and she she's teaching him how to have a good conversation. And then, so she asks a question, he responds, and then he responds back trying to be a good conversationalist because he constantly says he's not a good speaker. And then she's like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm, I don't need a response because I don't need to work on my speech. And then he's like, well, it's a pretty short conversation. It's not much practice for myself. And then, and so she begins to open up. I know, up I saw the pong. movie. I saw I know, the movie. I'm saying, you're asking, I, how is she vulnerable? She opens up about her mother. But has, she was opened, she texting that girl at the point? Was she texting them back and forth about existentialism? Yes. So she can, uh, so she can be vulnerable. They were already painting. Be, no, behind, behind, behind the phone, behind a phone, behind the screen of a laptop. She is, yeah, anyone can be vulnerable behind that, but it's that human to human interaction that she was lacking. And for her to be, be able to express herself to Paul. And then obviously in that, in that spring talking about music and her mom again to Aster. She's and, only opening up to this romantic girl. We don't see her open up to anyone except for Paul. To Paul. To the people she cares about the most, she doesn't need to open up to the world. She's just opening if she up to people that she about wants any to open of these up to. People, let's just roll back the whole tape. Because if she cared uh, or loved any of these people, she wouldn't have catfished someone. I feel like it's it's just so dishonest. So, well, so again, it's this high school. It's it's the backdrop. It's high school, right? They're they're not all. So while they're super smart, socially and morally, maybe not doing the right things, right? So they're still developing as people, right? I don't think it's necessarily condoning that behavior. It's just, she's trying to make some she money. She's ready it's, to get married. She's trying to make some money. It's been established during the movie that they're, they're on a little bit of financial hard times. So she initially takes that role because she needs $50 in order to pay for the utilities, right? So, um, so it's like, and she says no, originally she doesn't want to do that but then she needs the money. So it's trying to weigh the, the good and the bad and risk management, you know? I, I, there were just so many loose ends. I just feel like- what are, the, what are the loose ends? What are the loose ends? She's, they go from like really casually just writing these letters to this chick to all out stalking, to all out stalking. Yes. Yeah, which is classic. And then on top of that, we know that Ellie has been stalking this girl or been watching her longer than ever because she's got that really nice monologue about why Paul should love Aster when she's sitting next to that Alaska on the wall for some reason. I don't know where they were, but yeah. they're sitting there and she, 
she's like oh her hair sounds like the ocean and her eyes i could stare at them and like when she laughs it's this and that and she's never been friends with her she's been watching her at her dad's church for four years all this creepy stuff and it's just so like she still hides behind everything and gets away with it i don't know that's that's and to, to me it's a little bit of high school you think about i'm think you know think about myself my high school experience being super shy i had friends obviously and you know and but not as social as I am now. And you have those admirers from afar. You Maybe you have those crushes from afar without even knowing people. Do I ever stalk on somebody? No. But like I've seen this stalker language seen, coming out. You've of seen you. these storylines come out in these movies before. So I'm totally, I'm comfortable with that kind of storyline. I'm that did that's to me, it's just, it's been done before. So I don't even think twice about it. I, I just, I, I didn't hate it, all right? I sound like I hate this movie and there was some good stuff, but it also just didn't follow through with enough. Like I said, it was two movies. It felt like two movies. It was a teenage rom-com in the beginning where honestly, the maybe the best scene, but also a really, really gross scene is the classic um, high school popular girl strutting down the hallway scene where she puts on the scarf that this other girl made right after a whole monologue about they don't like, they don't, want to like you they want you to be like them or whatever it was very very yeah. confusing i, I like that following. it was cute yeah so that but then the her boyfriend comes up behind him puts his hands on the <laughs> yeah. shoulders of two other girls that she's walking with and literally just looks like this guy walking a pack of dogs down the hallway i love that i like yeah. that contrast between what you really kind of think of that pretty girl in high school to do but like also she's pretty that's her character to me is she's just pretty and misunderstood and super smart to the point borderline where it's annoying <laughs> that that whole honestly the montage of them talking about art and being really really dramatic about it while they're also doing more illegal graffiti on the side of a building so when they're talking about that i'm like this monologue i've spent 30 minutes listening to these girls right back and forth and i'd rather see more human interaction or character development yeah so with a human interaction um, I think that's again a sign of the times. Gen Z thinking about how they communicate. Letter, yeah. Huh? They're writing to each other. They're not texting. Okay, so that's so that's a good, fair point. Fair point. But in the diners, in the diners, the the texting while being face to face with one another. Um, yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes. The second time at the diner. But anyway, we'll talk about that. I think at my pizza scene. Um, and then, <laughs> um. And then you, you mentioned character development. I think I think I would have maybe liked a little bit more, but Paul, I think he became more confident in actual. I think he became a little more actualized in the sense that, and it happened really quick, right? So when she kind of reveals her love for Aster, he mentions that religious line like, "Oh, you're going to hell. That's a sin." And then like five minutes later. In mass or in church, he's like cool with it, you know. All of a sudden, I think then, time passed. Okay, okay, but like in the movie though, only like yeah, okay. So I'm not sure how much time. I'm not sure how much time passed. Me neither, but it was a quick cut. We we should have had more than that scene of him googling. How do you know if you're a gay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. That's, thank you. I forgot about that bridge. Yes, you're right. You forgot that he googled that. And his that mom, it. his mom <laughs> and his found mom. it. Yeah. Which then just makes me question: Where is he getting these anti-gay vibes from? If his mom's like, "I love you, just don't change my grandma's sausage recipe." Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't Such know. Such an don't another know. throwaway line where, for me, like they built up this religious hype. They they talked about hell a lot, and they op the opening shot of Ellie driving through the neighborhood is really really good for establishment. I think that's great. It it follows her up the road, then she goes out of frame, and it just cuts on the old senile pastor. And then she does it again, and you see the gravel company who owns the entire town. Apparently, that yeah. whole scene was really good. But from the get go, they're building up this idea of hell and this conversation about hell and hell is an open door and then they just kind of squash that religious thing they never talk about how to overcome that in the small town it just happens naturally i agree so if, so i guess so i guess we can both wish that they would, they would have dived into that a little bit more and then also on that note do they ever mention anything regarding lgbt gay lesbian do they they even, i don't think they say that i don't, no, I don't think so search and the mom says something they say the words gay okay that that was it that was it she so so it's not like ellie ever ever came out in that in this movie no 
would per se. No, but we know what she's thinking in that hot spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we but, know. But, yeah, and then Astrid and Nasher never says anything, though. No, because again, the ending for this LGBT character is, and then run away, <laughs> call me in four years when you decide to be gay. Is that yeah. what I'm hearing? The end of the I. It's just I don't know if this is intended for high school audiences. That's just not a good way to end for the gay character. I'm just going to so say you, that. Okay, so yeah, and you you know that your problems can all be solved by moving away to college, which yeah it, is the solution for a lot of students. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know you you would know better than I myself, but I'm why just, is that? Cause I'm not gay. <laughs> oh, and, my bad. But you know, I don't have I don't have this personal experience. But from like what I've read, and college is not an uncommon time for 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 individuals to come out to to real to to realize their identity and ex- expression. Yeah, and here's about. a quick fix, right? I'm not a screenwriter or anything. Of course, I'm a podcast host that just started a month ago. But that teacher character who is on Ellie's side, who's even like. If you didn't write my class's papers, they wouldn't pass. And then they're like, that's that's just funny. She's got these one-liners, that teacher that comes in, like, apply to college, and slides over some paper applications to college. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I saw one of those. It's old school. Do we still do that? I don't think so. So uh, it's old school. Is that just a testament to the teacher and, like, her generation? Is that just the generational gap right there, potentially? I don't know. It could be because they're all texting during chorus class and no one says anything and pretends like it's not yeah. happening. Yeah. I think, but anyway, yeah, I, while she's the quick fix is while she's setting this over is a line, even if it's a throwaway line, like I know you're a lesbian or something like that. College is a great place for you and have that direct conversation where she's like, I know what you're going through or I can see you struggling here. That kind of conversation between the teacher, but instead it's just like, well, I screwed up this love triangle my best friend thinks I'm going to hell, so I'm going to apply to college, and then they all make up in the end. So, so, so basically, the ending is rushed. Like, do you think it could have benefited from either? I think changing? the whole second half of the movie was rushed. They ran out okay. of time. They kind of like built up this huge drama for the first half, and they're like, "Uh, uh, we still have two more acts to follow through. What are we gonna do?" And they just slowly let it plateau. I don't know. I can't even explain. They just deviate from the love letter story and the catfishing to this best friendship, which I would have rather maybe asked her just like get angry at the two of them and she walks away, but then the two of them stay friends. I would have rather yeah. them get that out of the experience. Cause I also would have liked him saying, I'm sorry for saying you're going to hell. Yeah. But he, he did have that moment with her, right? I mean, he sees her, he sees her off at the train station riding away to college and, you know that 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 relationship, that friendship was fixed, right? That they're, they're going to be okay. Yeah, but I didn't get to see it. It just like snapped forward. We saw all this time of them becoming friends. Literally, the three of them not knowing who any each other is, basically, except for from afar, like you did in high school, just staring at people through your locker. I don't know what you did. So maybe the point is that like maybe ambiguous ending, right? Like each character had their moment. Like Ellie is leaving small town going away to college because she absolutely deserves that and she walks away with some confidence and knowing about herself and her ability to foster relationships with people that are different than herself and then paul um is guess, seven feet tall that's he, what paul he's, is. he's flipping tall in this he's movie he's a big boy he's uh but paul i guess with him he is more understanding more open-minded i guess he was a little f- flat foot at the end and then aster just maybe becoming more open with her sexuality it's ellie it's this is ellie's story and i'm happy with her arc this is ellie's story she's the lead she's on the poster i am comfortable with her storyline the other two characters whatever you know you're right i'm looking at the poster right now and aster is blurry yeah and then it's just the other two like the star of this movie is ellie she was great this is her story that's to be told and i think i feel very comfortable with her arc her development and her ability to leave small town to go on to college being comfortable with herself and being able to succeed while away so i'm i'm cool with that all right so i'll give you this if i consider this movie as like 
Ellie's story. She's the main character. And Aster is just this like Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim. She just comes in, kind of messes stuff up, and then everything leaves better. If I just consider her and not anything, kind of like half the characters in this movie, then I'll be okay. But yeah, the fact that she was so front and center for so long, I know she was the love interest, but like these kids still don't know anything about her except that she talks with fancy words. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I think this is more about Paul and Ellie realizing what love is than Ellie or Paul and Esther, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm what cool I'm most upset about is that their situation, like their town didn't learn from this. It was just the three of them learned. Nothing really got better for anyone else in the town. Well, they had that, 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 that showdown in the church, right? Kind of when everyone was proclaiming their love or and what love is. they still didn't say the word gay. No. So yeah. Yeah. There's another disconnect. They, they're, they're building up this, they never say the word lesbian. We never confirm who's what. And then we have this other arc that's, this is a very religious town. And the ultimate showdown where all three of them collide is in a church. And it's all, it could have happened anywhere. So do you it probably need- should have happened at the talent show is probably a better place for that showdown. What do you think? I'm fine with it being in the church. So the talent show I was pretty troubled with. That is a cruel thing to do to make mandatory for the graduating class. Hey, the same we thing. had this mandatory talent show for the graduating seniors. Remember, you have to do it. What kind of bullshit is that? Are you and they kidding say it me? Twice. They want us to know that that's why there's a talent show. Yeah. No, I thought that was bullshit. If that's a real thing anywhere. I feel sorry for you. I feel most sorry for the guy in that scene where um, – Kind of Paul goes over, just grabs his really nice guitar and slides it slides on the stage it. to her. You hear it go. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but that oh. was sweet. First of all, it's classic Paul, like not the smoothest thing in the world, but yeah. very, very sweet. You know, so I thought that yeah, was very like Frankenstein when he flo- throws that flower in the water. It's supposed to be beautiful, but it's like, <gasps> you, are, song. <laughs> you are coming everywhere with these analogies from other cultural and movie it's all references. I can do because i was not connected to anything in this movie yeah I, i'm honestly so i guess i'm not because this movie is definitely more my speed than it is your speed like like rom, give me all the rom-coms i'm i'm totally down for it I, I don't know it's this definitely went off pattern for high school love triangles but yeah which i like which i thoroughly yeah. and then so you mentioned it doesn't mention like lesbian gay anything any really vernacular surrounding the lgbt she might be um, bisexual vocabulary. yes yeah of course of course and and you said maybe you wish that they would have do they was this movie trying to be smarter like 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 it's like not trying to beat you over the head with a hammer like it just wants you to imply like hey there's sexualities out there it's fluid we need you to just 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 be along for the ride, make some assumptions, work with us, think alongside with us. Or I think you it's, wish it's, they would have told us something a little more clear. Now, look, now I don't know anything about the director. I know the director is an, a woman of Asian, Alice Wu. Yes. Yeah, so she is Asian herself, which I'm going to give all of that side of the narrative just props. Her dad's, because this is a real struggle that I actually believed in, right? He has a PhD from China. Came over to Sasquahamish, Squahamish, whatever their town is. Doesn't speak English well. Yeah. And that's why he didn't get a job. She says, like, you know, speaking good English trumps having a PhD even from China. And him watching those old movies. And every time she interrupts him when he's watching a movie, he goes, shh, best part. And then later, uh, Ellie has this whole monologue where he's like, my mom always said that every movie, song, and painting has a best part. So his connection was really good. I do wish when I keep forgetting this fucker's name, Luke, Paul, Paul, I don't know. Um, When Paul comes over to keep bringing minced meat to dad, I, he, that scene frustrated me because I really, really enjoyed the dad. And this was a great opportunity for us to make the connection of Paul doesn't speak good English Ellie's dad doesn't speak good English. This could be a really kind of tense emotional scene if they both spoke in their ways of speaking in broken English. But instead, the dad goes into his native tongue, which is like he does. He does both. He 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 was he was speaking in the beginning, English, yeah. and then he and then when he went really deep and insightful, he he spoke um, his first language, 
Yeah, and then and he, it and just then sounded end, like it looked like he was reading the subtitles. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't. Yeah, I can't recall that. I'm fine with it though. That's not. I thought I mean, that, I, that's I, not what I, was I, happening. But he just didn't understand. It, it could have been this grand explosion, I guess, and it could have been this really good connection, and maybe that's what he could have had the forgiveness for Ellie being gay or whatever she is. Then that was a great scene to do it. But then they just don't. They don't follow through with it. Well, I think that's. That's the uh, that is the moment. So his dad, her the dad, when he's listening to her dad speaking oh, yeah, a language yeah, he doesn't he, know. No, no. So so he tells he tells the language he tells the story of Ellie when they lost their mother and and the impact that had on Ellie. But then he goes back to English and says something along the lines of, "Do you ever love someone so much that you don't want them to change?" or something along those lines. And I think that's what clicked with. Um, with Paul because in his eyes he loves Ellie but then something changed and then he's like hold on like she's still the same she's still the same person all her personality all the reasons why I liked her like yada 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 I should still I should still love her no matter what you know that kind of thing and I think that's what I've been through that I've had friends who didn't like me and then they want to be my friend I totally get that just as a cinematic moment I I just couldn't believe that Paul doesn't speak English very well, but something really clicked when that Chinese was coming out. He's like, man, he's speaking the truth right now. It I wasn't, the, it, so wasn't the, it wasn't the Chinese. It was the broken English. Well, then why then didn't China- the exposition at all? It was a waste of Paul's time. Now I'm all for subtitles. I don't care that I had to read subtitles. That was great. And that, that script, that dialogue and that story, how it matches up with how he loves his daughter. That's totally fine. I'm totally cool with that. But just in my mind, if I'm standing there coming to my ex-girlfriend's house or whatever, and they just start speaking like French to me with this really, really good intent look and then says something in English. I'll be like, yeah, whatever you say, awesome. I got to go. It, it wasn't just, it just wasn't, it wasn't him not speaking English and then English and, and then English. It was, I'm bringing you in with the English. He was speaking English. Conversation has been initiated. You have Paul's attention. And then he goes to his first language speaks this really beautiful story, which yes, you, me, and your mother who do not speak that language is not going to understand, but we are caught in the conversation and you can see her dad, you know, saying it with some relative emotion to it. And then as a person, you're like, all right, this needs to be important if he's speaking in his first language. Like there's a reason why he's not speaking English right now. And then he ties it with the bow going back to his English with that really, really that deep question, if you will. And I think Paul, after hanging around with Ellie so much has caused him to think deeper, think more thoughtfully. And that's when everything just kind of clicked for him a little yeah, bit. I mean, it worked for the plot, but we have to remember this is the same guy that when Ellie's sitting next to Alaska t- saying how much she loves Aster without saying that she loves it, the kid didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't possibly be like, Oh, she's speaking from the heart. I'm watching her. All he's thinking is all he's thinking at that moment is, wow, you speak so fluently and I don't. So maybe is that the the part is that he's looking at her dad saying, okay, you speak fluently and I don't understand what you're saying. That's the same as me. Is that what I was supposed to? I just take it as at point (laughs) eight. Fine, fair, okay, okay. Something we do here on Our Slices of the Film is me and Brian are both challenged each week to pick a scene from this movie that would be better if we inserted a pizza. And Brian, you're gonna, what do you got? You mentioned it before, kind of what we're gonna do, but lay it out for us. Yeah, I'm doing that second diner scene. Not the first diner, but the second diner. Um, when they're on, Paul and Astor's on their second date. Um, this is after more time has passed. Paul is feeling a little bit more confident going into this one. And they don't order pizza at the diner. They have like burgers and fries, but it's not going well. And then all of a sudden, Ellie takes things into her own hands from afar in the car. She can see the conversation happening through the window and begins to text Aster through Paul's fake chatting, whatever device moniker. And, and then she's like, Aster's like, did you just text me right now? <laughs> and then Paul's like, yeah. And then grabs puts his, his hand, grabs his phone off the table. And then you see them both looking at their phone, conversing via text, or he's faking texting while Ellie's texting for him. And then all of a sudden the camera pans out. 
It goes to Aster texting, and then it pans over to Paul, who's looking out the window, being like, uh, "Like, what are you saying?" The text <laughs> comes through point, but it's like, "What are you saying?" I thought that was done so well. The shifting of the cameras back and yeah. forth, and Paul throughout this whole movie, I thought Paul had really good facial expressions. I'm a big fan for like uh, physical kid's a movie star. That's yeah, for, for like sure. physical comedy, and I I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed his delivery on that. And yeah, just having a pizza there, good old pizza diner. This is a particular case where I think New York style pizza would be fantastic. Just like you're yep, at yep. this diner and then just flop on a slice of pizza right there and you just, y'all are sharing a pie together, you know? So I enjoyed that scene. I think pizza would have been great. It would have made a lot of sense. And um, yeah. That's a better first date than sitting, texting each other. Yeah. So it's, Which it's, at first, at first, I'm thinking that's not very plausible, right? Like no one is going to sit there and just be, go via text. But then I've been to a restaurant and there's all families just texting each other. So it's, it's not completely, I yeah, have to at, throw it out. At first you're thinking, well, this date sucks. But then, but then you think about it more and you're like, is this how this works now? Like, is this how things go? So yeah, I enjoyed that scene and it made me check myself a little bit and just like, what's going on with kids nowadays and thinking about yeah. the differences. And even though it's really only been 10 years for us, you know, so. Um, I feel old as balls, bro. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. But uh, okay, so that's my scene. How about you? Where would you insert a pizza? I, I've got a good scene because of Daniel Deemer. Um, when he's cooking them, the, the sausage tacos that he's so passionate about. Um, I, this would change the whole thing, but instead of serving taco sausages or sausage tacos, he's got a fresh pizza out of the oven. So when he's leaning over the two of them and he's got a wide bow-legged stance and he's holding this tray out with like a, like this stupid grin on his face, like, do you guys like my tacos? That should be a pizza. And I think that that, we could just change the whole thing because she wants to keep her, his grandma's pizza recipe, her pizza sauce recipe. Like, okay, he doesn't have to change that, but maybe he wants to make a new pizza. Plus when her, him and Ellie's dad are making or throwing around all the, whatever they're throwing around, was it meat they were throwing around? Yeah, I think it was meat. Right. Um, that would just work for pizza dough. They're just throwing pizza. So I think or, instead of a cooking taco sausage montage, we have a th- pizza slinging montage. Or even you can still keep the sausage premise, but instead of a sausage taco, it's a sausage pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then can you imagine him at the final showdown at the church being like, mom, I'm not gay, but I do want sausage on pizza from now on. Are you kidding me? That's my true, mother's true, recipe. True, true, true. That's yeah, good. that's a good so one. That's I, a good I'd, one. I'd probably throw that one in there. I think that, that would be good. Cool. Because that's cute. Right. I mean, if this wasn't a multi-sexual love triangle, conglomerate of sexualities, I would have loved to see Paul and Ellie fall in love at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, the letter writing catfishing thing wouldn't have worked if they were both heterosexual. True. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well... On that note, uh, how about where, who would you want to have a slice of pizza with in this movie? I have a very calculated answer. Okay. I want to have a slice of pizza with the girl who makes those knitted scarves. (laughs) She's so popular and clearly everyone wants to be like her. So I need to know why. Oh my gosh. However, if I take her out on a date and we text each other at the table, I'll probably find out she's pretty one dimensional. Absolutely. You're going really I, obscure with these characters. I, because I really respected that hallway scene, even though it had some really, really gross misogyny themes to it, like him walking those girls yeah. like dogs. Like it was a really good play on when she's showing her the scarf and then the camera pulls out and you see these three other girls identical with blonde hair and these scarves that are absolutely atrocious. <laughs> and that whole hallway scene, like, Oh, I'm pretty, but I don't want to be just another pretty girl. I respect it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah, I would never, you? I never in a million years would have thought to do that person. So I appreciate that. Um, okay. mine's a little bit more, mine's also a little bit more on the obscure side. I'm going with the English teacher. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy how she's in on Ellie knowing, doing all the essays mm-hmm. and she, there's a, there's a line later about the class failing because Ellie's not writing their papers anymore. So she's like kind of pissed at Ellie for not cheating. <laughs> and then, um, she mentions, in the very earlier in the movie, they, there's a line about the English teacher being in a bar. And I, so, so like, so like Ellie, Oh, the teacher's like, Ooh, I enjoyed your uh, six perspectives on Plato. And Ellie's like, 
just the one. And then she's like, that's what I tell the bartender. <laughs> so I enjoy just like this real relationship is back and forth. She's so authentic. And I just would want to know, like, was she always like that as a teacher? Is she just, has she gotten older? Is she just got more cavalier? I'm just, I'm, and I just want to know her experience. She went to college and then she came back to the small town. Why yeah. all these things? So I think she would, I think she would tell some good stories. Well, she's got that other great line where she's like, this town fears God, but they've, Fear the teachers union too. The God, the like God, fear, but God fears the teachers union. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, try. Oh my God, this. I, they ended that scene on such catty terms that I really wasn't sure if Ellie and her teacher were actually friends. Because she goes trying not to get fired this weekend. Like, ugh, Ellie. God, she's could turn you in. You'd lose yep. your whole business. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Those I some good play. characters. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, there were some good characters. And even you mentioned Trigg earlier. I think Trigg's, I think Trigg was hilarious. I thought he was really well done. Probably not the best actor in the world, but I thought he did that one. I thought he did that role really, really well. That too. actor's real name is Wolfgang. Really? Yeah, pretty badass. Adios mio. Um, so I guess on that note, a couple other last things that I wanted, excuse me, to mention about this movie. Um, I enjoyed that bit when they're at what appears to be like a um, – like a Goodwill or some uh, secondhand store or something along those lines looking for outfits for the talent show. And Ellie goes to Paul and is like, how do you know when someone wants to be kissed? And Paul's like, the look, just the look. And then he starts to do like his impression of the look. I thought that was, I thought that was really funny again. Just he's charming. Yeah, he's charming. He's not like necessarily like the best looking guy in the world. I don't think I think he's got some odd he's facial got features. Natural beauty to him. Yeah. But his, again, I think he, he was so authentic and his physical comment, his facial expressions were so on point in this movie. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed how their football team was awful and how that excited is probably, I was cracking up when it is Paul lands the touchdown and the whole crowd <laughs> yeah. cheers, we're on the board, we're on the board. And then the announcer's like, that's our first time scoring a touchdown in 15 years. <laughs> they got a banner that's like, oh, I'm celebrating puts Paul. Us on the board. They got six points that game. Oh, that, cr- so that cracked me up. Um, I liked how throughout the movie, him running her down on the bike, his cardio is getting better. So he then eventually towards the end of the movie, he's dominating football practice because he's able to um, sprint really fast. So that was a, not, a nice touch. I kind of wish they would have introduced him as a football player a little earlier because the whole time when he's running after Ellie, I'm like, in your letter, you write that you have a truck and you work part time, but you walk to work. Yeah. But was it a workout thing? Like he just wanted to show up. I, I have no idea. Honestly, I didn't even did get faster though because you see him not. He yeah, I, which, her, which, which running aside. And I enjoyed that. I thought that was a nice little touch. She's like, you can see his cardiovascular endurance yeah. getting better and better throughout the movie. And then the very beginning of the movie in the choir, when it's established that um, she writes everyone's essays and she gets paid for it, um, yeah. they're singing John Denver. Are they singing John? I think they're singing John Denver in the oh choir. That's, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, damn, this is a dope choir. So, uh, I, I, so that for me, when they started singing that song, I was like, "Okay, I can I can get I can get on board with this." I, I, they, they've hooked me. But I, with that being said, I did not like the very beginning um, with like the voiceover narration animation. Oh, the animation! Kind of yeah, I, whenever anything happens like that in a movie, it kind of loses me for a little bit. Like ah, it's like cheating. You're introducing the premise over with narration or voiceover. Yada yada yada. Had you heard of that theory of humans having half a soul? Have you heard that before this movie? Oh, no. I don't think oh, yeah. so. Well, I mean, that's what it, the And I also didn't like the beginning animation was all about that story, about how you're searching for your other half. But then they drop that real quick. They take the same philosophical themes that that original idea comes from, which I think was like Socrates or something. I don't even know. Yeah. But then they kind of lose that and no one ends up with another person. Like they all just found out who wasn't their half. And then it's like, you know, we're born to constantly search for our other half and then no one. So really, as far as linking the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, it's actually a tragedy, not well, they a comedy. Find, yeah, yeah, sure. And they, but they find their half, right? I think they find their half in what they're looking for in another half, no? So they didn't find their half, but they know, but the direction's a little more clear now, I think. Yeah, just run away from our problems. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's what she did. Well, maybe she'll find a She's going to college. college. She's literally going, going to college. college. Yeah. She's about um, to meet a lot of asters. Yeah. 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 
Um, so really quick, I don't know if you noticed it. So I looked up, is this town real? What's like Squamish? Oh, yeah. What's the call? Is it true? It's fictional. Oh, thank God. Gosh, who would name a town Squamish? Guess where the movie was filmed, Michael. New York? Yeah. Oh my God, where? It was filmed in various parts of New York. Um, oh man, you're making me look it up really quick. I just had it. I got the page up. I can't find their filming locations. Oh, New York City. When would they have built in Piermont? Yeah. Sparky's Diner is a real place, I guess. All right, good. All right, love New York. Love it. Yeah, so that's a, that's a point for you for New York. This film was filmed in various parts of, of New York and everything. And we're sure that, that Squamish cool. is in California. They say that they're in Cali. Yes, uh, they referenced California a number of times. I thought originally, I thought it was honestly in Washington, but it, uh, I looked it up. It's a small town in California that they were going for. They referenced San Francisco a couple of times. I'm, I'm assuming it's not too far from there. Yeah. Man. So yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting I, tidbit. This movie, it's got its cute moments. And I think that that's really important for not just a, a love movie, but maybe even like a high school movie where it's not, you revisit these moments. I The most watched high school movie for me is Mean Girls, of course but I go back for all those moments. Of course. And, you know, I'd, I'd watch this again for that your pizza scene with the diner. Um, I'd probably watch it again for the opening animation. I actually really did enjoy that. <laughs> um, like keep it on as background noise. I guess I would probably do. Yeah. And I honestly, I honestly did that in preparation for this today. I watched this movie on Monday. Today is Friday. And then on the back end of this day, doing some emails, typing up some documents. I put this back on just to refresh myself a little bit. And it, it was good. It caught my attention for some scenes. And then there were other scenes where I'm like, all right, I can go back to focusing on my work. Um, yeah. So I think for that purpose, it does, it is a, it is solid for that. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to give the chops up to making their, the text message kind of cinematography, how they pop up on the screen like that. Really good, not intrusive. They work it really well. Um, that's always for me been something that, I kind of judge is how do they show social media? Do they zoom in on a phone or do they have chat bubbles come up? There's a couple of movies that do it absolutely terribly. One last thing about that texting and this and the dot, dot, dot that shows up. I love that scene. I thought it was hilarious when he texts, Paul texts Astra for the first time and that dot, dot, dot comes up and then it disappears. And yeah. he's like, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I cracked up because I do the, ex- I do the exact same thing. I and then she pulls the old, oh, sorry, little sister got my phone. Uh. Good catch. It was, a good, it was a good save. Good save. Yeah. I, I, you know, I probably rewatched this movie ironically just to really kind of trash it again. Cause it, it was fun. It was, it's, it's fun to do that. Cause here's one for you, Brian. Now ask me if you took this seriously. Cause I'm really about to punch a hole. They're in this Goodwill store. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, I'll go pick you out some clothes. Well, you're a boy. You don't know. And that outfit is so basic. It's a blouse and jeans for the talent show is what he picks out for her. Because it's her. He, the, the comment he says, like, because she puts on a skirt over her pants. And then she's yeah, like, how about this? Like that anyway. And, and then Paul, well, I think it speaks to her awkwardness, right? So then I think Paul is like, that's not you. Why are you looking so girly? That's not you. And then he finds her something that's more her. I'm, to- I'm totally fine with that. Right, Paul blouse. knows her. Yeah, that's her. She's reserved. She is not 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 fancy, not flashy. She is who she is, and I think I think that was I think that was great. I think that was sweet. <clears throat> so you tried poking a hole. I just filled it back up. So Ooh. suck it. Um, also, it with character development. Just in case you were wondering, not that this really matters in the grand scheme of things, but I'm rotten, toma- I'm rotten to I'm rotten tomatoes. Oh, this yeah, it's has got high ratings. It's a hearty 96% in Rotten Tomatoes. So I was not a fan. I know, and that's fine. And I think that's what made the, this is what making this back and forth pretty great. So I'm happy that we found a movie that we're kind of uh, not on the same page on. So yeah, with that finally. being said, Michael, how many slices are you giving this movie? Oh, shit, like two. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> nah, nah, let's, let's go. That's not that's, true. The chat bubbles, I'll give it another slice for chat bubbles. So let's go three and a half. I'll take three and a half out of eight <laughs> you're you're going hard on these half slices man we're doing eight slices to, slice. avo- I never to avoid okay okay fair 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 because it's okay. much it's less embarrassing to just leave half a slice in a box than say oh i ate the whole pizza by myself fair or, enough. oh i can't believe i ate five slices but i ate four and a half so i stopped myself so what do you do with that half piece when you're done with the eating that pizza do you throw that away or do you save it for later that's weird my saliva's all over it Oh, Michael. Save food that you already bite into. There's a point of no return with the pizza. You don't, you got to eat the whole thing. Yeah, about halfway through. 
oh my gosh, no, you just got to keep on eating it and persevere, man. That's wasted oh, pizza. No. That's wasted pizza. No, and I think that that's where we defer because a, a Chicago deep dish pizza looks like a mess if you don't eat it. And you can't just sit there with a disgusting pile of tomato toppings in front of you. A nice thin style New York slice, it's fine. It's not any messier than it was when you started. So it still looks relatively clean. The well, toppings if you don't, are all set you, in cheese. A slice of Chicago pizza, that can fill you up. I can understand if you don't finish a slice. You better finish a New York slice, one of those thin, flipsy, flimsy pieces of pizza it's not going to fill you up one slice you got to eat the whole thing chicago you can eat a slice and you can legitimately be full you can have a slice and a half like you know what i overestimated this pizza i am full you know and then you better believe i wrap that up and i take it i take it back home and i have it cold the next day you know i, I have that so that's right even with some bites out of it yeah absolutely no food wasted don't because ever throw sh- out a slice of because pizza in front of me because chicago again. pizza is that good you don't Brian, waste what do you it. rate this movie i'm giving it a six out of eight i enjoyed this movie six I'm giving it a six. Yeah, six out of eight. Uh, it comes out of three out of four stars, six out of eight slices. This is a movie that I, it's good background noise again, but I've already utilized it again. Um, it had some really I sweet can't moments. I this movie twice in a week. Yeah, me too. It, I can tell you what, it's a hell of a lot better than The Rise of Skywalker. It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's, uh, it had some sweet moments. I, it was funny. It made me laugh even the second time. And again, I'm, I'm harping on runtime. It's an hour and 45 and just it's right in my wheelhouse. So six out of eight slices, I thoroughly recommend it, especially if you enjoy those kinds of movies. Yeah. Um, so and that if you means- have high schoolers in your house, please email us. Um, and I would like to know if they really sit on the toilet and just bully each other. Michael, what is our, what is our email? Uh, sure. I usually write it down in the notes. <laughs> oh, Where's my Gmail? It's, our, it's sliceonfilm at gmail.com right yeah so uh so okay cool so uh you said a three and a half is that what you said three and a half out of eight yeah you're gonna yell at me again for my half no three and a half i mean i disagree with it fundamentally but what it is what it is so three and a half out of eight i said six out of eight let's go to our last slice and i'll kind of kick us off on this one michael bring it last slice of the day do you know what today is in the in the real in the world of fake holidays do you know what today is the day we're recording. <laughs> yes, that's the true. Day, today that we're recording, no one's going to listen to it today. But it, it's national. Yeah, pizza day. It's National Pizza Day. Exactly. We are you done something special? Are you celebrating at all? Are you having pizza today? No. God, well that conversation <laughs> didn't go not, anywhere. <laughs> I honestly, I've been eating so terribly this week that I just had like rice for lunch today okay i'm gonna go real light because well your boy needs your, something other than red meat well if you want something light go ahead and get some new york style pizza somewhere you, they you don't know. sell new york style pizza here in memphis well you can get thin crust somewhere like Domino's or something you know anyways i have <laughs> literally frozen lou malnati's chicago deep dish pizza in my freezer right now i am gonna heat that up and i'm having that for dinner i am jacked so that is my last slice. I'm having some plan for this. Actually, it's incredibly unintentional and a coincidence. So I am just very fortunate and these pizzas were a gift. So, and today just so happens to be national pizza day. So really just the stars aligned. Thank this you. This is great for you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad about it at all. So that's Make my sure last slice. Kimberly don't talk during dinner. Just text each other. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do that just for you. I'll just, I'll just text her and confuse the hell out of her. <laughs> concern her really honestly um but yeah that's my last side be like what are you saying to her <laughs> um so but yeah it's my last slice national pizza day and i'll be celebrating appropriately because that's what you need to do on a holiday as great as this one have some pizza with nice, the best pizza nice. out there good for you how Brian. about you what's your last slice uh, my last slice uh i've got a bone to pick with you uh i've been listening to almost on nonstop. Um, okay by wallows one of our bands that we really enjoy and you said yeah. you didn't like the song and i listened to it again and I still love it. I've listened to it that one time. I have Listen not re- to it again. I have, dude. Not re- I have not revisited it. Yeah. I have. This yeah. song is okay by Wallows. Wallows is a great band. Me and Brian saw him live in Nashville. The lead singer is from 13 Reasons Why, which is yeah. doing its final season. Thank Dylan, God. Min- Dylan Minnette. He's been an actor in a variety of things for a long time. Um, yeah. Wallows is his band. Yeah. We thoroughly enjoyed them. They're like what? Like garage rock, rock alt? They're somewhere like you? 
alternative surfy a little bit yeah rock grunt that that song i'm talking about now is a little bit more synthy so it's yeah which is why i think i don't i don't lean that way but their 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 first album nothing happens it's awesome thoroughly enjoy it yeah yeah love walms and that concert in nashville was dope dope yeah yeah. and slept on the way home Yeah, thank you for driving. Um, so um, I am notorious for falling asleep in a car if I'm not driving. Just ask anyone; it's terrible. Get me in a get me in a moving vehicle, and I am passing out. Um, yeah. But uh, cool. I'll I'll, I'll re listen to it. Uh, Kimberly works this weekend. I'll have all the time in the world. I'll chances are I'll listen to it one of these days. Good. Let me know what you think again, because if you don't like it, there won't be another episode of Our Slice on Film. And the two people who listen to this are maybe not upset. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, they're still doing that thing. Um, So cool. Thank you if you guys are listening. This is our fourth episode. That's really exciting. Um, I'm going to put this thank you at the end. So if you actually listen to all four episodes, you'll get the real thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate it. I think honestly for me, this is just super and selfishly super enjoyable and a lot of fun. And it's a great way to, interact with Michael and talk about the things that we thoroughly enjoy and love. So um, hopefully if you are listening to this, you find it somewhat enjoyable, whether you're laughing with or at us. So I'm down for either one. <laughs> I'm down. Um, but yeah, so that being said, that's been um, our slice on film. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day and stay safe. <laughs>